I all I need to do is take out the SD because I considered just using solid dick. Um, yeah, I considered just using uh, a solid dick that's already in this cabin, uh-huh. um, but um, it would have to format it, and that's where the uh, joke breaks down. Oh, <laughs> I've been to a few websites where they format a solid dick. <laughs> Of in a manner of speaking, I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm just talking. <laughs> I'm just saying the words, you know. Just whatever comes in my dude, head, dude. It is so nice to just be by myself. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's I've been one horrible thing about traveling is always having to be around people. Yeah, and yeah, I am being extremely thrifty, you know. So like, I'm not getting any airbnbs or hotels or anything i'm just staying with people which has been great because people here have been really really nice and really like uh keen to do it um oh but, now you're talking like an australian listen to you keen yeah listen to me <laughs> uh true blue that's what i am is that do you know about true say? blue so here's <laughs> true blue apparently is a thing that all australians know about but no one would say it is a what? Australian um is jingoism a term? <laughs> Wait, can you say that? A, yeah, a, we were like, just we were like literally a, talking about like it last a noun. Oh, like a noun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A jingoism. Uh, oh, like a countable noun. Um like a yeah, like me- That's an interesting <sighs> way of saying a countable noun. That's that's the grammatical term for it. I generally yeah. hate it when people make non-countable nouns into a countable hey, noun. What about this time? Like, I kind of like for it. For instance, when people say trainings or a training it's like no it's not no you don't have at you don't have multiple training you don't have a training you don't have multiple trainings if you need to pluralize something make it a training session or something i don't know or class What's you don't wrong like with class? saying trainings no it's terrible hmm. something seems about it like, just rubs me the wrong way and i like to be like rubbed just need the it. right way <laughs> exclusively uh nathan's just uh an irritable cat that <laughs> everyone likes to pet backwards meow <laughs> I can tell you're excited. Welcome to Fuck You, Cameron, a podcast where Cameron forces (laughs) people to listen to all the worst garbage music on the planet. I'm Nathan Hunt, and today Cameron forced us to listen to an album by Smash Mouth, and it's the worst fucking goddamn thing I've ever heard in my life. It's not the worst. It's so bad. It's it's not that bad. It's definitely the worst music we've listened to for this show. Are you serious? Yeah. Yeah. I profoundly disagree. What? We had a 14 episode run of listening to Insane Clown Posse where most of it was complete and utter trash. (laughs) This is worse. (laughs) At least like... (laughs) This is not worse than Insane Clown Posse. At least ICP was trying and they like were kind of the scrappy underdogs and they were aware of that fact. This is just like listening to the most like asinine like uh juvenile entitled white men complaining about how they don't get enough stuff all right hold hold on hold on hold on let's talk about this is the first episode of season six so maybe some short people are fucking starting season because so, i'm gonna fucking bail on this i think 
<laughs> let's talk about let's talk about what this show is a little bit. Okay, uh, we yeah. take we take an artist that neither Nathan or I have listened to. So I'm the Cameron, thing is, the, the one that um, uh, Cameron's a masochist, <laughs> but also a sadist. No, wait, I'm a masochist and Cameron's a sadist, and he inflicted this music upon me and, by extension, all of you listeners. Yeah, this is basically one sort of uh, exhibitionist, like, uh, fuckboy show (laughs) (laughs) where we're just um, uh, torturing each other for your amusement. Uh, But yeah, we uh, listened to an artist that um, neither of us have really listened to, at least not like all of their all of their music can't be more than one album, uh, but ideally no more than a few songs. Um, and uh, we've covered artists such as Garth Brooks, ICP, Alanis Morissette, um, T-Pain, ABBA, and now we're talking about Smash Mouth. Artists um, such as those. Yeah, such as. And those are all the artists that we've covered. <laughs> well, technically not. We've covered a couple others. Um, but... Um, yeah, often it's an artist that is sort of the butt of a joke um, or people have ideas about and we want to see if those ideas are true, whether their music is worth their claim or how many albums they've sold or um, whether they're as bad as people say they are. and uh, or, or worse, as, as in or, this case. Or, or worse. <laughs> so, yeah, we chose, uh, we chose Smash Mouth together. We both chose Smash Mouth. Did we? We were both interested in... Yeah. I was sort of interested. Well, the but in last, the, At the was, end of last week's okay. episode, I said, oh, who are we going to choose? And you're like, hmm, I wonder how many albums Smash Mouth has. I did not. And I said, did not go like that. You let's brought roll them back up. the tape. <laughs> Originally, I did bring them up. I was like, oh, we should talk about Smash Mouth. And then uh, last I, and week. And I had some interest in that, but not to the extent yeah. of like doing it anytime soon. Okay. I'm going to level with you. I, I, I was I was like, okay, yeah, that's kind of interesting. But I was like, eh, you know, we'll get to it when we get to it. <laughs> uh, this, Which is the, rela- uh, the rationalization shows- that I've came up with to blame you completely for Smash Mouth. This show is very much that thing where people are like, oh, I love Parks and Rec. Don't listen. Don't watch uh, season two, though, because um, it's not very good. Um, I think or it's season don't watch one. season one of the op- or yeah, whatever it is, you know, just mm. like, yeah, it's a really good show. Uh, this season's not very good, but you kind of have to get through it in order to get all the references. But <laughs> that's what this show is necessarily, because sometimes we're going to make the wrong choice, which I think remains to be seen. This is the first album. It's they so are fucking dumb bad. little kids and maybe, hey, hey, maybe Cameron? they Cameron? make some better music. Um, you know, there was one guy, uh, Greg Camp the guitarist for this yeah. band that wrote all the songs of this album. Guess how old he was when this album came out. I'm going to guess 20 years old. 30 goddamn fucking years old. And the stuff he's talking about, <laughs> the stuff he's talking about is, oh, no. would make for a pretty juvenile 18 year old. All right. So when, when did this album come out? Uh, 1997. 1997. Yeah. So we listened to the first album, uh, Fush You Mang. Um, this came out in 1997. I'm going to make an argument that this was the sort of musical zeitgeist at the time, just sort of like a sh- like a shitty shithead attitude, and that this was their first album, and they're just trying to make like you know the punk music of the time, which was pop music, which didn't have any uh, relevance or anything important to say, and they're just trying to do what everyone else was doing. Uh, and then maybe they okay. will come into their own. 
if everyone's jumping off a cliff, does that, are you going to do it? Uh, if everyone's doing it, I will at least have an understanding of why you decided to join. <laughs> and Wait, I, I'm not the one I jumping will, off I the cliff. Make, you are. I will make tiny... <laughs> Nathan, I'll make tiny little concessions for you. Not complete concessions, but it'll mm, uh, affect the way that I evaluate your, your decision. I could go for some concessions right now. Some like nachos. Yeah. Let's all go to the lobby. Yeah. <laughs> what? So, Nathan... I, I want to challenge you a little bit. Why did you is why did you hate this so profoundly? There, we've listened to music that is uh, so, so deeply pro- problematic on this show, and we've listened to music that is um, musically not well done on the show, like it is badly performed and badly recorded, and like we've listened to a lot of bad quality things on a lot of levels. Why? Why is this so bad? Is there any possibility that that the reason you dislike this is because of things that specifically trigger you? Um, it's possible, I guess. Way? I think a lot of what I hate about this music is, um, well, first of all, the guy's 30 years old and he should know better. Um, but yeah, the we've dealt with problematic music before, but it's also come from a place of um profound uh oppression <clears throat> in the case of yeah. uh, t-pain and icp made some like pretty problematic music but it came from a place of their like hard lives and like some of the shitty background stuff they had to deal with and just like how terrible it was to be them and these are just like a bunch of ultra privileged like frat boys from southern california who want to just uh, make like shitty frat boy rock punk ska whatever uh it's just yeah it's like i i I get the point i can see the point that there's not a lot going on here that's as uh you know misogynistic or homophobic as some of what uh, icp or t-pain came up with but also like those guys you know they engendered any kind of sympathy and they were like open about the shitty place they came from and um, which is not to say that it's like justified for them to be misogynistic or homophobic, but it was much more understandable in that way. I, I was able to right. make concessions for them. These guys, it's just like these sneering, like sniveling, privileged, juvenile, entitled white men. <laughs> um, and especially after like today's Supreme Court nomination vote, entitled white men is the last thing I want to think about. Sure. Um, so, well, oh no, I pulled back the curtain a little bit. We recorded yeah. <laughs> this on uh, a little ahead of time. Yeah, definitely ahead of time. Um, the Friday. Trying to get a few in the chamber. Yeah, as it were. Yeah, there's just like completely thoughtless like appropriations or racisms going on. The title of the album is apparently a reference to a line slurred by Al Pacino in the movie Scarface, where he says "fuck you, man," but with his accent. He is right. apparently it comes out sounding like fuss you mang, which they thought sounded yeah. like a hilarious Asian phrase. Um, and then they put in a uh, Wikipedia delicately uh, refers to it as a title written in a stylized pseudo Asian font. Uh, I can <laughs> kind of see how someone would think that it is even pseudo Asian. <laughs> What do you mean? It's like some of those are direct, uh, like almost direct ideograms. Like are uh, they really Han characters? Yeah, the A and Mang oh. 
is like what is that that's like the character for oh i see that yeah, yeah. you're right um so they definitely are just like kind of the epitome of thoughtless just like inconsiderate shitheads um all right <laughs> the lyrics are just yeah the lyrics are insipid trash and the music except for walking on the sun is just like incredibly boring i'm interested i'm interested in the fact that you i'm not super interested in the music as you'll see i only included five uh audio samples (laughs) that i want you to play (laughs) because there weren't a lot of moments where like let's revisit this um even like for bad or good reasons like not a lot is noteworthy but i would argue that the music is um uh better played than a lot of music that we've heard on the show. Not than a lot, than a, a fair amount of music than we've well, heard on the show. If a bad thing is um, executed competently, does that make it good? I'm not, I'm not convinced that it's that the music itself is like divorced from the words that the music itself is bad. Like there's some, there are a couple like kind of clumsy moments, but overall I think it's pretty rhythmically sophisticated. Um, there are constant, um, time signature and tempo changes and they're uh they're well executed yeah i just thought those sounded gimmicky um i did Uh, i don't disagree (laughs) but i think that i think that they're well done and i think there's a certain extent to which we're going to have to put out it's ska music (laughs) it's gonna sound gimmicky we have to like give it that yeah i I, like that's part of the music i think you're just talking about how americans can't handle kitsch and like this isn't kitsch. What are you talking about? There's no. <laughs> this I feel kitsch. like I feel like ska music is uh, just inherently silly. Well, when maybe when white people appropriated it. Um, well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I did. I did appreciate the some of the rhythm guitar, the like ska rhythm guitar. Yeah, has, like some fun um, accents and stuff. That was that wasn't bad. Um, yeah. Also, I think. Well, I think partially it's kind of triggering. To me like this whole music of the late 90s period of just like a hellscape yeah. of shitty ska and punk ska it's just yeah. so bad and also i think i was disappointed in um smash mouth specifically for this being what they started off with um hmm. because i had listened to their album astro lounge back in like middle school yeah and i remember it being better than this and the song walking well, on the sun is is more indicative of like astro lounge and i don't know if any of their later stuff is like that but it sounds more like walking on the sun which is like the lone musical bright spot on this album for me yeah the rest of it is just like generic ska punk bullshit so maybe maybe we should also, talk about before also we they have the gall to cover why can't we be friends <laughs> fuck that uh maybe we should talk about our yeah um introduction to smash mouth some ideas that we had about them previous to this album uh things like that so you in middle school you listened to this their second album with uh all-star on it right yes 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 uh did you were you was that one of the first albums you ever bought it was thank you for asking (laughs) okay (laughs) um i it was i bought it used i think for like five bucks which is a lot of money back in those days why why did you buy it well all-star obviously I was in middle school. Come on. What do you want from me? Yeah. <laughs> so you, you liked the song all star and uh-huh. you knew that it was on this album and you wanted to 
buy the CD so you could listen, see see what other gems were on this album. <laughs> other gems, overshadowed. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And did you love it? Did you listen to it constantly or what? I listened to it not constantly, but enough to be fairly familiar with it. Did you ever fall asleep uh, with uh, Astro Lounge on? <laughs> I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> I'm just trying to gauge like <laughs> it wasn't near and dear to my heart, it. if that's what you're asking. Okay. So you're into it, but it wasn't like one of your like seminal albums. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get seminal to it, if that's what you're asking, no. Yeah, that was gonna be a follow-up question. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> How about you? Uh no, I never masturbated while listening to <laughs> Astro Lounge. No, personally. your experience with <laughs> not that specific smush <laughs> uh so my main experience with uh i can't remember if it was shrek um or rat race uh, or rat race yeah (laughs) which one i heard first so the song all-star was in uh in the beginning of the movie shrek (laughs) it was in every movie released between 1999 and 2001 (laughs) i only remember it in two but i'm sure it was in more so it was in the opening scene of shrek where shrek is just doing a bunch of funny gross things like uh you know picking his nose and and farting yeah and flying by farting or whatever whatever he does just doing a bunch of funny gross things and all stars playing um and i remember at that time when i saw shrek i remember liking it really well i remember specifically enjoying that song enjoying the vibe enjoying the attitude of it and uh yeah yeah, i remember it being an effective start to that movie also i remember at the end of the movie rat race which was i think a kind of more upsetting movie <laughs> um <laughs> was it? like a lot of comedy of that time um yeah I, I can't necessarily put my finger on it but like some people like die in that movie do they <laughs> it, it sort of played for comedy oh weird. i think at one point john cleese gets crushed to death by a cow no, sh- what are you talking about? No, he's at the end. Who dies? Someone dies in a cow. In a cow? <laughs> Somehow. I don't know. It's It's been a long time. I did own it on DVD, but it was a long time ago when I watched it. Uh, anyway, at the end of the movie. Nobody dies in a cow. Um, I'm on Wikipedia doing a, a, a keyword search. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? Are you, are you sure you're not confusing, confusing it with a different movie? I remember at one point there's like a hot air balloon and there's a cow hanging from it and I think someone gets crushed to death by it. No, they they drive like a um uh they drive like a car into it or something. All right, like I don't remember. Yeah. Anyway, I don't <laughs> The point is at the end of the movie Rat Race, um they end up at a Smash Mouth concert and they all somehow inexplicably like all of the different characters who have been racing to the uh, finish line, which ends up being this concert, they stumble onto the stage and it happens to be a Smash Mouth concert. And uh, uh, John Lovett's su- character's son says, it's Smash Mouth. <laughs> and, uh, and um, yeah. And then they play all-star yeah. and everyone crowd surfs. They also like to crowd surf. They also played the song at least five times throughout the rest of the movie before they get to the concert. Really? Yeah. They played it so much oh so it was very foreshadowed They're yeah like, we got the right one word for it <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh so that was my main experience with uh um smash mouth uh and then the only other things that i have to say about smash mouth are in the last couple years um it has been the subject uh all-star specifically has been the subject of a lot of um 
uh, sort of musical memes, if you will. Um, like things like, oh, let's have Smash Mouth, but every note is middle C. Or like, let's have Smash Mouth, but like, um, that sounds like uh, every other. Yeah, like a bunch of nerdy music things, okay. or like let's put it in a minor key, or things like that. Like people mess with the song for fun, um, and then people make the comparisons uh, between um, Steve Harwell. Is that his name? I believe so. Yeah, uh, Steve Harwell and uh, Guy Fieri because they have a you know a similar they're, body I mean, type. They're the same dude. Like, has anyone ever seen them in a <laughs> like a room together? I don't think so. There's pictures. Um, well, but, you know, Photoshop. pictures can be doctored. Yeah. Yeah. They have the same haircut, <laughs> the same like pudgy white dude face. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. And they still persist with their spiked hair. Yeah. But the, I think the main difference is that one of them has frosted tips and one of them does not. Steve Harwell not frosted have tips. Frost- mm. I don't think so. Guy he Fieri has always to. had like dyed blonde hair. Oh, looks like Steve Harwell believe- does not have... He might not even be blonde anymore. Look at that. I don't know if he's ever been blonde. I think he's always had dark, like dark brown slash black hair. No, he's definitely dyed it at some point. Oh, maybe okay, not. Well, maybe I'm confusing him with another dude from Smash Mouth. It's a real Mandela effect. <laughs> yeah. A real uh, uh, Berenstain Bears universe going on. Yeah. Anyway, that's my... My, my main impression of them is that they are uh, silly... Um, but I've enjoyed the three songs that I've heard, um, which is Smash Mouth. And then actually, this is my first introduction to Smash Mouth is the, uh, Weird Al Yankovic album Running With Scissors. Mm-hmm. Did you have this album? I did. Of course. I listened to it much more than I listened to Astroland. Yeah. Also, side and note, if you- I got on the image search here and I am seeing at least a few images of him with, uh, frosted tips and blonde. Oh, and very good. Bullshit stuff. So. Okay. He did do it at some point. <laughs> yeah. Um, what was I saying? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So in Running With Scissors, there is a... One of the best tracks on that CD is uh, there is a polka medley of pop songs. Uh, and yep. it is a extremely well-executed <laughs> um, polka medley of pop songs. Yeah. It's like pretty brilliantly arranged. It's and um, Walking on the Sun is on there. And... Uh, dope show and get a superstar and um all sorts of uh i smell sex and candy whatever that's Wait, called all stars in that i thought um walking on the sun was in that no i said get a superstar oh okay. and walking on the sun yeah, yeah yeah okay so like yeah just all the songs of the day are included and that was actually my first introduction to smash mouth i didn't know it at the time but mm-hmm. so i i think their music's fun and kind of silly but ultimately harmless um before listening to this album obviously this if you if you listen to this album it's not very good uh it's it's not great i think that it is well executed garbage technically technically they play it they sing it the way that it should be i what it is they do it well but what it is i don't think is very valuable that's with uh minor exceptions i i hope that things get better (laughs) Yeah, I seem to remember Astro Lounge being better, but I guess we'll see. Yeah. I don't know. Worst case scenario, we're just going to have to commit to have some fun with it 
and just have a kind of a fun, grumpy time for six episodes, and then we'll move on. <laughs> this and we'll get to do I, whatever you want to do. Okay. I just I hated it so much. I didn't even have a fun time being grumpy about it. I just oh I was no, just like, I enjoyed nothing about it. So bad. Um, yeah. So, um, should we start with? I don't know. I don't even know. Okay. <laughs> Let's talk about um a song called Beer Let's, Goggles. All right. Steve Harwell's voice on this album. There's something about- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that like um sort of raspy, not very sustainable sounding like singing. Yeah. It's like it's making the like aperture that the sound comes out really small so that it's distorted when it comes out. But it's obviously not very loud. I bet if you heard an an actual acoustic set um, without any amplification, you wouldn't be able to hear Steve Harwell at all. Yeah. I've actually heard that's the same way that ACDC sings, like uh, the lead singer of ACDC. Like I've heard that like he doesn't project at all. He just has like a, his mic's just compressed in such a way that it's super loud, but he's just actually going, like it's just like actually pretty quiet because there's no way that you could project when you sing like that. It's a, yeah, it's the same as using an electric guitar. You know, it's like, it's all about how you um, use the instrument of amplification, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, what is this song about, Nathan? Oh, my God. It's called Beer Goggles, and it's exactly what you think it is. Well, I don't know about that. Um, it's about someone else having beer goggles about the, uh, I was going to say the singer, but it was written by the guitarist. So the the narrator, the speaker of the song. <sighs> yep. Um, no, what is what is the etymology of beer goggles? Because I know that there are actually goggles that will distort your vision in a certain way that is ostensibly supposed to simulate being drunk. Yeah. Um. But did people say beer goggles before? Like, I think those goggles so. existed. I think so. And does that just mean thinking that someone is attractive when you're drunk? Yeah. When you wouldn't otherwise. Exactly. Yeah. Great. Um. So the chorus goes, why don't you call? Why don't you call? Why don't you call? Kill me for the thrill of it all. Just throw away bullshit. Uh, I want someone, anyone. Tall ones, short ones, skinny ones. I want someone, anyone. And it's unclear yeah. if, if he, the speaker, is saying that or if he's quoting someone who is um, talking about this person. Although, no, you know, I take it back. It's not someone thinking about him, the speaker. He is specifically talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't love you, but I want to. Just give me something that I can't hold on to. Come on, baby, and speed your lust to me. Ew. Here's my number on a cocktail cocktail napkin. Think about it like a loaded weapon. Cock the hammer and point that thing at me. I think that that, those three lines are somewhat, somewhat clever. Are they? Think about it like a loaded weapon. weapon. Um, I don't know. I don't think that's bad writing. The last half of that. I think the first half it's, of it is yeah, pretty it's bad. Not, it's not garbage. Yeah. Um, yeah. What is bad writing is verse three. Fat ones, whacked ones. Give me some. I want someone, anyone. Spend some. Rent one. Lend me one. Fun ones, dumb ones, gypsy chicks on rocks. Done ones, even chicks with chicken pox. So we yeah, got that's really bad. Fat shaming, racism, problematic. sexism, just cool, cool, <laughs> cool stuff. 
<sighs> yeah. Yeah, that's a that's that part's a bummer. This is not my favorite song. <laughs> yeah. I mean that's this it might what, be among my least favorite. That's what this album is. It's just like shitty, like inconsiderate white dudes like preening about like fucking strutting roosters like strutting their stuff and <laughs> flaunting their privilege and shit talking anyone uh other than straight white dudes and anyone who dares speak against them yeah which is a good segue into a song called heave ho This is a song about how mad they are that the neighbor, their neighbors called the landlord when they were partying every night and shooting cans with BB guns and uh, what else? Having a barbecue really loud, um, loud music. Yeah, their lawn is dead. Dogs and cats stinking everywhere. Yard is littered with bottles and cans, skateboards and bikes. And, uh, yeah, so they, they are so insane. <coughs> They're so aggrieved that anyone would dare challenge them. Just like a certain, uh, presumptive, uh, Supreme court nominee that I could name <laughs> who just like is so mad it, and might even break down in tears. At the fact that anyone could challenge them or criticize them in any way, it just like this, this small break in their life of unending privilege and they'd fall to pieces. So that's what this song's about. Uh, yeah, that's a pretty succinct. (laughs) (laughs) Lots of negative adjectives Uh, though, for how succinct it was. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I don't even have the words of how much I dislike this album. Um, yeah, I think there's something like particularly galling to me about, um, people being shitty from a place of privilege. Like just, you know, if you're shitty and you come from a shitty place, like, you know, I feel like that's a lot more understandable, a lot more forgivable. Even, I don't know. I don't know if that's like a founded belief or if that's necessarily justifiable, but some part of me just like that's the instinctive reaction I have. Yeah. And it's just so much more like galling that they are so shitty from a place of privilege. Oh, man. Uh, I just got the picture you slacked to me of <laughs> Steve Harwell with his <laughs> blonde hair. Uh huh. <laughs> what a sight. Yes. Oh boy. Okay. Um, yeah, I, uh, I definitely agree. Um, and I guess maybe I'm trying to make a point that uh, I think maybe I, I've, I've been making some sort of boys will be boys and like they're harmless, um, kind of defenses. Um, maybe because it is just sort of just music and just culture and they're not like, you know, uh, actually <laughs> saying anything like super dangerous. Yeah. But I they're not see... like talking about how they, you know, raped or killed people or anything like that. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I could see how you, you're connecting this to, um, this sort of attitude to the kind of, uh, privilege like the, all of the songs in here that have a shitty attitude, the shitty attitude is absolutely unjustified. It's just about being a shithead and just about um, uh, wanting to do whatever you want all the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, it there's no higher 
purpose, not even, not even for the sake of sort of the individuality and freedom. Like it's right. not even, not even <laughs> a libertarian bent, which is problematic also, but like, yeah, I, and this sort of attitude, uh, not to make a slippery slope argument, but I believe that it's the same kind of attitude that gets applied to worse offenses than being a shitty neighbor. Right. So I, I could see why you're having an issue with, uh, yeah, with this music because of what it represents and, you know, uh, 20 years, 21 years later, what this kind of <laughs> thing has turned into, you know? Yeah. Uh, and its implications. So, um, yeah, I think that's pretty understandable. And I think I'm starting to identify with what you're saying. All right. The way you're framing this. All right. Yeah. I'm convincing you. Yeah. Gradually. Okay, let's let's talk about a song that I think is a little better and a little bit more interesting. It's okay. not great, but uh-huh. let's talk about flow. All right. First song on the album. Yeah, this is a better song than a lot of the songs on this album. Yeah, yeah and right. I think starting the album with this song um, put me in a... made me feel, like, hopeful. And maybe, like, gave the rest of the album... Um, made me give the rest of the album a little bit of a benefit of, of the doubt. Because this song is actually has a lot of good things about it, I think. Um, it's not my favorite genre. You know, it's just sort of pop punk. Yeah. Um, kind of kind of stuff but uh i think it's decent musically um you know it's like well executed uh and the story of the song um is at least a little bit interesting it is similar to the t-pain song i forget what the name of it is but basically there is this t-pain song about how he's getting together uh with uh this woman but she obviously wants her she she obviously is still in love with her ex. Mm-hmm. And he's like, what am I even doing here? Like, what are you doing? Like, get back together with this person. You obviously are not done with this other person. Mm-hmm. No. But he had kind of a shitty attitude about it. And I think in this song, um, uh, uh, let's just say Greg. So, if we hadn't made it clear before, Greg is the lead guitarist, but he wrote all the songs. Steve Harwell is yeah. the singer. But I'm just going to say Greg, because these are songs that Greg wrote. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, Greg in the song, uh, his character is um, uh, is together with this, uh, with this woman who um, is r- recently left another relationship with um, presumably a woman named Flo. Is that... I, I had a hard time with that, because the way he's talking to him, it sounds like he's talking bro to bro. But because she also calls Greg by Flo's name, which seems like that is probably <laughs> less likely if Flo is a woman. I see what you mean. Yeah, I haven't I haven't heard of like, well, actually, I have heard of like specifically in my life of like um, women who are attracted to women thinking about uh, having sex with other women while having sex with a man. Oh, Okay, but also, but so, to the extent that they like call the current like the man by the, uh, the woman's name, I think that's a uh, a story contrivance. 
Okay. Like, I don't know how often that actually happens regardless of gender. Because <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's, it's framed in the song as like, she's uh, slipping up because she's still on like the mental mindset of being in the relationship with the previous person. And so she accidentally calls her current, uh, uh, significant other by the previous significant other's name. Maybe Greg's just like a super like feminine and like nurturing and caring, like uh, lover. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> don't really want to touch that. <laughs> <laughs> The other, I mean, the other, is Florence ever a guy's name? I don't actually know. Let's look that up. Let's look it up. Wikipedia, Florence. It's going to be this city. Yeah, look at that. Florence. Okay. Florence. Names. People. Florence, given name. It's a feminine English given name. All right. Well, so, seems like I it's, think that uh, the- oh, here's a, here's a few men. We have Florence of Worcester who died in 1118. He was a medieval chronicler. Mm-hmm. Uh, Florence Broadhurst, uh, 1861 to 1909, was a West Australian businessman. And uh, Florence Knapp was an American super centenarian. He was famous for being extremely old. <laughs> Whoa. How old was he? Uh, super centenarian. Uh, let's see. He attained the, the age of 114 years and 93 days. Oh shit! Yeah. All right. Yeah. He's the forty-fourth oh, longest-lived person sense. in American history. Huh. Yeah. All right. So, I think there's good reason to think that this is a song about. Um, I think the flow is a woman. Okay. Um, uh, especially the sh- the the diminutive. Is that still how you would say it? The diminutive. Diminutive. Or is that just if you say yeah. Uh, I think, yeah. Well, Nick flow or the nickname version, the shortening of, uh, Florence to flow. Um, you're probably right. For some reason, I just like assumed he was talking bro to bro. And I was like, Oh, that's weird that the dude's name is Florence. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's, I think it's interesting that this is a song, uh, where a, a man, um, is being, is, is experiencing sexual rejection from a woman um for another woman like he's he has every reason uh like if the patterns are to believe that he's sort of ultra privileged and like maybe toxic toxically masculine and etc he should be just totally resentful of this but in this song the his main attitude is like okay this isn't working out like you aren't getting what you need like you should go back to this person like what are you doing you know like his attitude is is a little bit like i know what's best for you which but maybe he does you know (laughs) in this song yeah you know like sometimes you do like sometimes yeah people are in relationships uh where they don't know what they need and the other it's more obvious to the other person yeah so like i i think this song's an interesting song because he is um He's not acting with entitlement. He's acting with the opposite. He's actually has a really generous attitude in this song. Yeah. Um, the the only way that it's a little shitty is that he's assuming the character of someone who knows the truth of what's going on, um, and he's a man. But um, I'm willing to give it to him because of all the rest of the As aspects of the yeah. song. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I think this song is kind of interesting. And yeah. I hope that we see some more songs with this, these sort of layers. And, uh, there's a, a reasonable amount of, uh, there's a surprising amount of wokeness in the song. I think. I think you're convincing me. I think mostly I just like, wasn't really, Ooh. um, didn't really know what the song was about. 
Um, so I think you've, you're onto something there. I, I do think musically it's like <sighs> really hard to listen to because I just hate this style of music so much. Um, okay. which is you know personal opinion, uh, I guess, but yeah. I also do think it's like, well, that's also personal opinion. Um, yeah, but I, I, I agree with the, what you're saying about the lyrics. Like this is probably lyrically the best song on the album. Um, yeah. and does display uh, like a surprising amount of open heartedness and generosity towards this person who, um, would be very easy yeah. for like aggrieved male sexual privilege to just become yeah. unhingedly um angry about this whole situation. Yeah. Like <laughs> I don't want to like give him too many too many cookies for like acting decently, you know, cuz this is how he met one the bare minimum. Act. Hooray. Yeah. But <laughs> He's a hero. I got to say in the context of the culture and in the context especially the culture around this music yeah. Um, I think he has a surprisingly uh, uh, elevated perspective. <laughs> Especially considering the rest of the lyrics he writes for this album. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And uh, he also passes up an opportunity to be homophobic. So. He does. He totally does. opportunity there. Yeah. Like, um, oh, you must be gay or else like you'd be totally into like what yeah. I got going on. Yep. Dong wise. Dong wise. <laughs> my favorite flannery o'connor uh, novel uh, wise dongs <laughs> uh, nerdy english class bullshit jokes okay um shall we move on to a different song please i picked two in a row how about you pick two in a row what else you want to talk about okay um well well uh i guess we could talk about let's rock okay do we have there's nothing to this song it's a nothing song all right so uh this is the 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 song abba (laughs) kept writing um (laughs) which i think is a a common type of song which is um this is another one of those like talking about the issue songs but you don't really but in a pretty pretty oblique and disconnected way like uh an attempt at like kind of a zoom out like the second verse is lately i've been thinking about who's in charge about who they are and are they looking down or laughing hard and are they aliens or robots or humanoids or gods i think i'm just paranoid and then uh i guess it's not talking about the issues as much as just like it's an attempt at existentialism and, and is it? <laughs> <laughs> a very a very limp attempt at it hmm. and uh, it's immediately abandoned for the chorus which is to say fuck it let's rock Yep. Um, which is pretty similar to at least a couple uh, ABBA songs that we heard. It sort of seems to be the belief of what rock music is for. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think is dumb. Yes. <laughs> and obviously <laughs> problematic. And yeah. But uh, this song has a couple musical things going for it. Um, uh, once again, I'm not super into the genre, but there are some well-executed tempo changes, I think, in the example that you just played. Do you want to just play the beginning of it again? <sighs> Sorry, will you? Okay, <laughs> I, I know you don't want, want to. to. <laughs> yeah, that, that kind of thing is like 
this uh, that doesn't really exist in very many very much music anymore like a well-executed tempo change we were talking about well executed what makes you think that because it's just like it comes out of nowhere and it's like really over the top and kind of dumb you're talking about (laughs) what it is and whether it itself is valuable i'm saying that what it is uh skill wise is difficult to execute Uh, and i think they execute it well well okay i guess i mean there's and also the possibility they just stitched it together in the studio, you know. There's a possibility of that, but um, I think the way that that, um, I don't know, you don't have to play it again, but the way that that drum fill comes in, it sounds like it's actually happening. And say what you will about um, <laughs> uh, this band, they have been playing, they had been playing together for a long time uh, before they brought in Steve. Um, that's a little bit of backstory about Smash really? Mouth, but the the trio, I believe, had been playing together for a while. And they were a pre-existing band. They brought in Steve Harwell, who was a uh, rapper. Apparently, I dare not look into. Oh no! Yeah, his his previous music, um, and what he has to say in his lyrics. But um, yeah, they. It I think they like worked Steve together Harwell. well as a band. That's the first line no. of their history in Wikipedia. Smash Mouth was formed in 1994 by Steve Harwell. <laughs> who had formerly played in a rap group called FOS, which stands for freedom of speech. Uh, yeah. And he formed oh, it with no. his manager. Yeah. I think his manager introduced him to the band. He, Harwell's yeah. manager introduced him to Greg camp, the guitarist and bassist Paul Delisle, who had both played in a local punk band and introduced the three musicians to each other. So they hadn't been, it was two guys. Oh, and then Kevin is the drummer, the manager. Okay. Oh, he's the, oh, okay. Now I see. Yes. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, Smash Mouth uh, is a American football term. What does it mean? Uh, I tried to read the explanation. I guess I could read it if you really want. Um, in American football, a smash mouth offense is an offensive system that relies on a strong running game where most of the play, et cetera, oh, blah, 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 blah. What? It means nothing to uh. me. <laughs> Quick side note. I watched uh, a little bit of footy. Did I tell you about that? Footsie? Footy. You played, you played some footsie? No, <laughs> I watched footy. Uh huh. What is that? I'm putting work. What is, what is, walk, uh, is watching someone else play footsie? Uh, yeah. As a spectator sport? <laughs> Profe- yeah. <laughs> It's a really funny idea. Like, are they are like it, you're watching a couple at like a fancy dinner, um, and uh, they're having like a double date with like another couple, and then like two of the members that may or may not be in the same couple uh, are having footsie under the table, and you're watching to see if the other <laughs> the other couple or the other people at the table notice or not. Uh huh. That sounds actually really good. That sounds great. I would watch that. No, footy is Australian rules football, which, as far as I could tell, is a vastly superior sport and way more entertaining. It's not hard to do that. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so, burn. back to this song, if you'll allow me. Um, it is a It is a sort of gimmicky thing to have this, like, super um, uh, jarring tempo change, but I think they execute it well, and... Uh. The whole point of the song is this sort of like um, idea of having these sort of like <laughs> lofty sort of like um, thinking about your life in the big picture and then just sort of brushing it under the rug and like living in the moment. You yeah, know? but that's and I think stupid. That it is stupid. <laughs> and it's dumb but to I think they, have a song that does that. 
Yes. <laughs> well, not necessarily. I think that it's possible that it could be. I think it's actually done pretty well in that ABBA song. Really? Um, and I, I think the lyrics you are better. Criticizing it pretty heavily. Well, yeah. Okay. yeah well, mostly just because the verses are pretty bad, but I don't think the idea itself is bad. And I think it is somewhat insightful, especially if someone were to do it in a self-aware way. But all that aside, I think they musically um, convey the idea that they're talking about in the lyrics. And I think that is effective. Uh, I guess. They have this like, like kind of lazy, um, lazy, thoughtful, like, uh, like groove. And then they go into like the super fast, fuck it, let's rock chorus. And then they, they go really effortlessly back and forth between those. Uh Um, so I think there's some good signs here for good musicianship in the future. And hopefully if they grow as songwriters or if they not even grow as songwriters, if they have better things to say in the future, I think they're going to be able to uh, accomplish it. Yeah. We'll see if they have better things to say or not about how you're an all-star. I'm really interested in seeing what (laughs) in seeing smash mouth post nine 11. Oh, yikes. I didn't even think of that. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Oh. Anyway, um, there's a there's a decent guitar solo in this. You want to play that? I guess. You think that's a decent guitar? He's mostly just doing hammer-ons the entire time. Uh, I didn't say it was virtuosic. I, <laughs> I think it's fun and it sounds good. <laughs> well, I heard it the first time. I was like, oh, what is this garbage? What is he doing? All right. <laughs> <laughs> I was not into that. <sighs> You're so goddamn grumpy. You I big am. Grump, I'm curmudgeon. so grumpy about this goddamn album. It makes me All right. Mad. You pick a song. What do you do want to talk I about next? To? Um, <sighs> let's talk about another bad one. Nervous in the Alley. This is by far the most problematic song, and yeah, that I, I really disliked it. Yeah. yeah. Fuck you, Greg. Uh, yeah. It's a song about a 15-year-old girl who runs away, and then because that, you know what always happens to girls that run away, she becomes a prostitute, and she dies in the gutter. So thank you for that uh, like Victorian-era morality tale. It really edified <laughs> us. Uh, the first verse goes a little something like this. She's 15 and she's leaving home, living on the streets where she don't feel alone. Daddy's always gone and mommy's on the sauce. Living in a mansion, it's easy to get lost. She's going oh, to... Oh, wow. She's, so she's super privileged. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, she's going to a place where they understand baby on the way her womb's a garbage can. These are actual words that a human being wrote down and then a different human being thought were good enough to actually sing with his human mouth. Yeah. And to put on an album that eventually went double platinum and nobody involved in the entire operation thought that there was anything wrong with that. Yeah. It's just like really good quality storytelling. 
The best stories are where you just say a series of events that happen and don't think about the implications and uh, or care about the characters involved or, yeah. or just sort of say a, a list of things that happen. Yeah. And then the only editorializing you offer is to say that one of your characters has a womb that's a garbage can. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah. Fuck this song. <laughs> Definitely, this is uh, That's the fucking worst. C- completely like callous and sociopathic and like tone deaf. Yeah, this is garbage. Yeah, there's like zero sympathy in this song for the character they're talking about. There's like almost like a, a subtext or an undercurrent of like, yeah, she kind of deserved this. Yeah, and I fucking hate this. Uh, there's some. <laughs> I I suspected that there might be some good genius annotations on this album because it seems like oh, no. the kind of music that um, real dummies would uh, want to talk about on the internet yes. <laughs> at the be- very beginning of the internet. And uh, I wasn't disappointed. Um, uh, but there's... <laughs> there's a pretty good annotation on uh, the line in the chorus, Gonzo again. Just another entry to the never-ending story, which I would say just gonzo just means like she's gone. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like a colloquial way of saying like gonzo, she's gone. Yeah. Like either dead or she ran away or whatever. It doesn't really matter. But uh, the annotation here um, from the contributor uh, Music Fox um, says uh, gonzo might make one think of the infamous... Muppets character. Infamous. <laughs> wow. Gonzo got, got just an, your classic anti-hero before Deadpool was Gonzo. <laughs> <laughs> he did fuck more chickens um, than uh, Deadpool ever did. Oh, I guess he is kind of infamous in he. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, infamous Muppets character, but it is most likely the, uh, it is most likely the lyric is referring to Gonzo pornography. Which was a style of porn popularized in the 1990s from directors such as Seymour Butts and Ben Dover. <laughs> and then it <laughs> those aren't even real joke names. <laughs> <laughs> Music Fox goes on to say, "Porn is viewed by many people today." <laughs> Thus, These the days. lyric, "Just another entry to the never-ending story." Whoa. The girl probably does gonzo pornography and gets paid for it, which is how she manages to scrape by in the streets. Oh, my God. So, all the things you said are totally wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Those are some of the most moronic um, genius annotations I've ever heard of. (laughs) Wow. But it is most likely the lyric is referring to gonzo pornography. (laughs) (laughs) Uh... Porn is viewed by many people today. <laughs> These days. Webster's Dictionary <laughs> defines days. pornography as... <clears throat> mm. um, you choose the next song. Me? All right. Yeah. I choo-choo-choose. Uh, okay, so there's some pretty bad musical moments that I'd like to talk about in the song Pet Names. Hey, okay. Uh, 
the fuck was that? This is definitely kind of like the the worst singing, like the least forgivable singing. This album, I think. Yes. <laughs> and you heard most of it just right there, but there's uh, uh, another moment um, a little later on with some talk singing. Before we hear that, let's just maybe talk about what this song is real quick. Yeah, um, go for it. Basically, um, Greg gets uh, dumped by a woman and um he in the process of talking he he's he basically says the the thing he misses most is all of that stupid shit she used to call him (laughs) (laughs) he used to call me pumpkin now i'm halloween remember when i used to be your jelly bean you used to call me schnookums and shit like that now you're after me with the baseball bat no it sounds like icp lyrics it's very icp (laughs) It's profoundly um, insane, insane, insane posse-esque. Yeah. Clowns or um, otherwise. Yeah. Never be your love boat. From here on out, my pet name would be X. Your X. Your X. Your X. I like that on um, the Genius Lyrics, it's just the letter X. They don't even bother putting the yeah, in there. <laughs> wrote that. <laughs> uh, the outro goes, Sweet Pie? No. X. Honey Bunch? No. X. Bubble butt? <laughs> no. X. Pumpkin face? <laughs> no. X. Um, yeah, this is a really silly song. Um, and it's pretty badly written. And it has some pretty bad music moments. Uh, do you want to play the talk singing? Oh, moment? God. He'll notice. So that that's part of um, what Genius Lyrics likes to call uh, verse eight, which I don't know. Verse fortunately, eight? he sings pretty. Yeah, <laughs> that's a lot of verses. I don't know if that's. I don't know. Uh, we transcribed right? these lyrics and decided which part was which, but yeah. goes by pretty quick. It's not that long, but uh, in, in um, verse verse seven and eight, he talks about. Um, his ex's new lover who he is certain will um fall uh what am i trying to say i'm trying to use a colloquialism he's going to end up with the same fate Ah, as greg yeah he's going to get dumped and he will no longer get those great um and charming (laughs) (laughs) and uh not annoying at all uh pet names yes um, there's a pretty bad uh, solo in this yeah, as well. Yeah, hooray! Let's listen to some more bad music. It's really not that much worse than the other solo you forced us it's to listen to. It's not that to. much worse. It's there's a the little bit one. less going on. But yeah. <laughs> you're right. It's the you're right. You're right. <laughs> I think what happened is this is like in the later half of the album. Um, yeah. Uh, when I listened to this was this morning before we recorded. And it was like, you know, after a cup of coffee, as opposed to after a few beers. Uh, when I listened to the first half of this album last night. Mm-hmm. So I think I was a little more clear headed and a little less uh, easy to charm. Mm-hmm. And You're the farther away you get from on. the song, beer, beer yeah, headphones, <laughs> exactly. Yep. The farther away you get from the song, flow and and walking on the sun, you know the 
the worse this album gets and the least forgiving I got. Yes. The less forgiving I got. Yeah. There, uh, by the way, speaking of that song flow, there are some people on, I did, I took the liberty of looking up song meanings a little bit. Um, there are some people who think that it is a, <laughs> as one uh, person delicately puts it, personally, I think it's about how his girlfriend becomes unavailable once a month when she has her period. Why else would it be called flow? Jesus Christ. Yes. I wouldn't put it Jesus past, Christ. I wouldn't put it past Greg Camp to write a song about that, but I don't think that's yeah. this song. The the text in no way supports that. No. It's cuz the chorus goes Florence if you hear this won't you come and pick your girlfriend up. She's been talking in her sleep and I think I've had enough. She's been a wreck since yeah. you've been away. You've been away. So Flo if you have something to say, etc. Yeah. It's yeah, stupid in short. Yikes. Yeah. So uh, great fans they've got. Oh boy. Oh boy. Let's talk about um, Padrino. Oh. <laughs> uh-huh. I like that this one's at least in a minor key. I... I think that these are some of the most like kind of ir- irritating lyrics. Uh-huh. But probably I've been choosing all the worst some ones. Of, but probably some of the best music. Yeah. Besides uh, Walking um, on the Sun. Including Well, I think I might even like it more than Walking on the Sun. Really? Um, yeah, I I think the music is I mean just the music. I like I I like the singing. I like the this long silly intro. I like the pastiche of whatever this is a pastiche of. Um, <laughs> Good question. And uh, it obviously is. Um, but uh, yeah, I think this song's kind of kind of fun. And I like the singing and the, and the group yelling in the chorus. And yeah, I think it's kind of a fun song. Uh, it is totally dumb. And mate, do you think this is problematic? <laughs> I can't tell. Uh, this, well, to the extent that it's, it's, it's like a, a white It's a song that's kind dude. of about the mob. Yeah. He's bragging about how cool he is and he likens himself to um uh like a like a godfather or a mobster type and yeah it's like I don't know it's it's bad writing like uh, he says I know it's not a wise thing to do writing funny songs about the mob but if it's all the same to you I don't see it as a gang but a club where men sit like gentlemen plotting their events about it's like glorifying that the mob It is really bad writing Yeah it's like glorifying. It's very, very poorly written, um, especially rhyming "mob" with "club." Ugh, gross. Um, Pretty bad. But it also like glorifies the mob as just like this kind of harmless cl- gentleman's club where everyone's just right. sitting around being classy all the time. It's like nope, they uh, they sexually traffic people and pimp people out and deal hard drugs and murder people and extort them. You know, like yeah they're completely missing the point of mobster movies um yeah <laughs> that they're trying to reference it's like it's like honestly it's like hearing someone talk about how cool walter white is it's like you're completely <laughs> missing the whole fucking point of the show the <laughs> whole idiot. point of the show is he starts as like a good dude and that these like tiny defects in his character eventually lead him down a dark path it, like the the pitch yeah. of the show is like they're going to take mr chips and turn him into um scarface i guess it was yeah, he's not getting cooler. He's getting much yeah. worse. 
Or like Mad Men, you know, like all the people who are just like, oh, I love this, like, return to a time when men were men. You know, it's like <laughs> Don Draper's you so cool. Fucking He's a great idiots. Guy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Padrino. Padrino. Yeah. I mean, mostly, yeah. I do think this song is more or less harmless and it's just like a silly, silly pastiche. And I, I don't think it does necessarily as much harm as um, the cultural touchstones that it's referencing. Hmm. Like, which, and I'm not saying like that, you know, mobster movies are supposed to be harmful or reckless. I'm just saying that like, you know, people latch onto the, latch onto things for the wrong reasons. Yeah, that definitely did happen with the Godfather movies. And I've heard some people make arguments that, um, Italian mafia um, got worse after The Godfather and certain other <laughs> Italian mafia movies. Yeah, I've definitely heard that it influenced them and they tried to like act more classy and wear nicer clothes and stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. So I don't, I don't know to what extent that's true, but yeah, art, art imitating life, imitating mm-hmm. art, imitating life, etc. It's just a real snake eating his tail. All right, next song? Yeah. What do you want? Mm, I mean, I might be willing to... I might be ready to walk uh, walk on the sun. Oh, and Um, then walk away, Renee? Yeah. Forever? Do you want to do that? Okay. Let's walk on the sun, you and I, with Christopher walking on the sun. (laughs) So don't delay. Act now. Surprise and run and out. I think this is the best one musically, at least for me, just like there's a little bit more going on. There's like more fun licks and riffs that are um, memorable little earworms. Um, The organ player is actually playing on this one. It's not just like, you know, pop punk ska music. Um, Yeah, I appreciate it musically and it's very catchy. It's in Dorian mode. (laughs) Oh, I can't think of a a, joke about that. Not even a dumb pun. (laughs) More like Borean Uh, mode. Dorian mode is a uh, is a scale that is neither wholly major or minor. Um, So where a major scale would go, do that's the um, key that the song is in. If it was in do re mi fa so la ti do, if it used those notes, then it would be major. If it was minor, it would be do re me fa so le te do. That would be a minor scale. But this is in Dorian mode, which uses some of the major notes and some of the minor notes. So it sounds like this instead. Do, re, me, fa, so, la, te, do, la, te, do. That la is a major oh, note and all the rest six. of them are from the minor scale. Yeah. Yeah, major six. So it has this sort of, yeah, this really interesting tone to it, I think, which is, um, I think is kind of a whimsical and kind of a... Yeah, it's it's it doesn't fall squarely in the camp of major or minor mm-hmm. uh, tonally either. So I kind of like it for that reason. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I do appreciate the music quite a bit. Um, it, like I said, it gets stuck in my head a lot. Um, and yeah, the lyrics are pretty insipid trash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What do you think these lyrics are about? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing at all. 
Because the chorus, the, there's a lot of genius annotations. There's a lot saying that it's a very yeah, meaningful song, very meaningful. but I, I didn't really believe it. Yeah. Um, Greg Camp, apparently in an interview in 2017, with song fact said, well, this is a long time ago. This is over 20 years ago. That song was written and it was written during the whole Rodney King thing. Okay. How dare you? How dare you? The song was basically a social and racial battle cry. No. Again, how dare you? Absolutely not. It was a sort of can't we all get along song for the time when I wrote it. Fuck you. I fucking hate it when white people are just like, oh, why can't we just all get along? Well, we can't all get along because policemen are beating black people to death in the streets with impunity and shooting them in the face with no repercussions. That's why we can't get along. Yikes. Yikes. Very bad. Um, yeah, there's just like a lot of sort of shitty, just kind of cynical irony in this song. The, the chorus is basically just a bunch of like infomercial cliches for no reason. So don't delay. Act now. Supplies are running out. Allow, if you're still alive, six to eight years to arrive. And if you follow, there may be a tomorrow. But if the offer is shunned, which is a forced rhyme, <laughs> very bad word, you might as well be walking on the sun. So what the fuck is that about? Who knows and who cares? Yeah, it's supposed to be like a fake infomercial. Yeah. Um, but it's just, uh, yeah. Yeah, the, 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 <laughs> it's just like a bunch of word salad uh, that involves commercial cliches. Like uh, yeah. the opening lines, it ain't no joke, I'd like to buy the world a toke, huh, playing on that uh, like to buy the world a coke commercial and teach the world to sing That's in perfect funny. harmony. <laughs> no, it's not. Don't give that to them. How dare you? And to teach the world to snuff the fires and the liars. Hey, I know it's just a song, but it's spice for the recipe. This is a love attack. I know it went out, but it's back. It's just like any fad. It retracts before impact. It's just like fashion. It's a passion for the with it and hip. If you got the goods, they'll come and buy it just to stay in the clique. What the yeah. fuck? It's just a bunch of, he's, he's got aphasia, I think. Yeah, I... I'm willing to put up with a fair amount of aphasia in sort of hip hop or songs that are wordy. Yeah. Like, especially if it's fun and if it's musically interesting, like I'll allow a fair amount of that. But like MF Doom, like there's a lot of MF Doom songs where it's hard to say if he's really saying that much in some in some songs. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. but it sounds so musically good and the flow is so interesting. Um, and the individual ideas even if they're disconnected are fun or clever at least. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I don't really care, but this is thinks that it's clever and it's not. It's absolutely not. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's a really disgusting forced rhyme here. It ain't no joke when a mama's handkerchief is soaked with her tears because her baby's life has been revoked. Oh, not only is there a clumsy enjambment there, which is when they split the phrase across the line break, but her baby's life has been revoked. That's a normal thing that people say. That's definitely a phrase that's used. <laughs> so oh, ICP. Her baby's life was revoked. Yeah. Yeah. Handkerchief is soaked with uh-huh. her tears. <laughs> her handkerchief is soaked, if you know what I mean. Yeah. With what? So Who wet. can say? <laughs> uh, yeah. And then there's some like, um, uh, there's some, <laughs> a bad posture for you know talking about uh drug addiction put away the crack before the crack puts you away you need to be there when your baby's old enough to relate it's just like uh implicitly racist yes for for the time especially because the line before it is news at 10 your neighborhood is under attack 
Yeah. You know, those hordes of brown people that are besieging our white neighborhoods. Uh, yeah. Definitely subtext, if not text. Why is this your favorite song, dude? <laughs> I told you, song. the lyrics fucking suck, but I like the See, music. I, this is why I like, yeah, I, I think that Flow is the best song on this album. I don't think the music is bad in Flow. Like, it's, it's decent, but I think the lyrics are the most interesting. <sighs> yeah, yeah, the lyrics are definitely the best in that song. Music is fun for walking on the sun. I do like that. But yeah, yeah it is. Um, Genius describes it as, the 1997 hit single from San Jose, California-based band Smash Mouth, while disguised as a meaningless radio-friendly tune, it uh, actually uh-huh. sought to channel the vibes of the 60s and 70s for a 90s populace that was growing increasingly uptight. Really? And then below it is that classic photo of the fisheye lens, um, sun-glassed uh, <laughs> dudes. Unreal. Sun-glassed bros. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, 90s. that's our introduction to Smash Mouth. You're welcome, oh listeners, and God. Nathan especially. <laughs> if Astro Lounge is bad, I might just have to quit. Quit. They might. <laughs> I hate you. This listen so to much. you like Astro Lounge though. But if it's not as good as I remember it, and if it's full of like horrible, uh, problematic lyrics, I on it. Well, okay, I think the music is probably better. I remember it being at least better. So, all right, I guess we'll find out. I don't know. Yeah, we, I mean, we're not beholden to anyone. We can quit if we want. <laughs> yeah. Remember how at, at the first ICP album you wanted to quit? I did, yeah. Yeah, I feel like that. And then I wanted, to, I kind of wanted to quit periodically throughout that season <laughs> yeah, as <me> well. Too. <laughs> Why did we but keep going? I, I do maintain that when I listen back to those episodes, I think that, I think that the content that what we made was pretty funny and good. <laughs> I think I think that's a pretty good season. When Becca was listening to it, she's like, I think even though the music is a lot worse, you guys are were better at making a show at that point. Ah, uh, so, yeah, we did have more practice. Yeah. Which is why we'll have to I revisit think we're Garf at some point. Skinned. Yeah. yeah, at some point we'll I go think listen we were to Garf again. Unnecessarily hard on him because we hadn't been broken quite as hard. <laughs> Didn't know how good we had it. Yeah. Baby, come back. (laughs) Garfi, come back. (laughs) Exactly. Um, Let's check in real quick uh, with their uh, completely unnecessary and garbage cover of Why Can't We Be Friends? Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. You can, you can already tell this is a cover just because the music is so much more interesting. Yes, <laughs> you know? it is. Like the chord progression and the oh, yeah. construction of the song. I also really appreciate the rhythm of the guitar. He's doing a yeah. lot of, um, how would you describe that? Like, uh, like really quick little strums there that are rhythmically kind of interesting. Yeah. Yeah. But this is such an unnecessary cover, and how dare they cover it? Um, I hate that. And also... I don't, I don't actually know the story behind the song. So this is a song by War. Uh, War, the band most, probably most well-known for Lowrider. Although this oh. song might be a close second because it is also a pretty famous song. Um, and, I mean, it came out, you know, we, we've talked about um, Sly and the Family Stone and their album, There's a Riot Going On. 
as a yeah. as a rhetorical response to Marvin Gaye's "What's Going On" and the upheaval of the '70s and like cities burnt, like the Bronx burning, um, and just like all kinds of crazy shit going down. The beginning of the war on drugs, uh, the racist policy initiated by Richard Nixon, um, and this song. Shit, I want to say it came out. Maybe I'm. Hmm, why can't we be friends? Um. 1975. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, oh, it comes from the same uh, album that Lowrider is on, actually. That's interesting. Good for them. Um, <laughs> yeah, so it contains these kind of utopic lyrics about how white, white, it's essentially like, what's so funny about love, peace, and understanding? Or like, uh, why can't, you know, we the world be a better place? And like, um, it's it's like kind of a purposefully naive um, optimism. Yeah. And I think that coming from a band formed of, uh, mostly if not entirely, I think entirely actually people of color, it is like much more powerful than a bunch of white guys saying the color of your skin don't matter to me as long as we can live in harmony. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's coming from people of color. That is a, a extremely graceful olive branch. Yes. When they could just say, man, fuck white people. Yeah. And they <laughs> like, probably like, and they would be well justified in saying. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like the, um, like the, uh, what is that Muhammad Ali quote about? Um, oh, where, you about- know, like being attacked by like a thousand snakes or like if a thousand snakes are coming at you and 50 of them are, uh, are non-poisonous and don't mean you any harm, but the rest of them do, you know, <laughs> it's like, yeah. <laughs> oh man, that guy had some great quotes. He, um, he famously said like when they tried to draft him for the Vietnam war, he refused yeah. and he was like, no Viet Cong ever called me N word. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pretty good. <laughs> He's a smart, smart guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. So should we end there? Can we be put out of our misery? Uh, I have some actually pretty, uh, pretty great genius annotations for this song. Ooh. Oh, I also actually have a few uh, um, internet stupidities from Amazon and song meanies. <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah. All right. So the line um, for the line, the color, the color, the color of your skin don't matter to me. Um, this is from genius uh, contributor uh, Danny underscore Arkea. Um, Danny says he's expressing that he's indifferent to the color of his skin. Oh. Therefore, the singer is mature enough to look past who he is on the outside or how the person portrays his slash herself by looking deeper, analyzing who they are on the inside and making an executive choice based on that. What? To befriend them. What? (laughs) What the fuck? I got a couple more (laughs) from Danny. Uh, for the next line, which is as long as, as long as, as long as we can live in harmony. If the other is similarly mature enough to comprehend that peace and tolerance is the best way that the friendship will work, then maybe it won't prove so quizzical to become friends. That's not how you use quizzical. (laughs) And finally for the lines, I kind of, I kind of, I kind of like to be the president and I could, and I could, and I could show you how your money spent. I hate how they repeat parts of the lines. I wish they would just sing them like war, sang them. Yeah. Yeah. That's annoying. <laughs> Danny says, 
if he was president, he'd show the guy exactly how genuine of a pal he really is oh. by listening to his problems and resolving them with a, with a committed ferocity. <laughs> committed ferocity? Okay, this, <laughs> this, this guy needs to spend some time with a dictionary. <laughs> <laughs> and just really do some soul searching and dictionary searching. Oh my god, Music Fox makes it a <laughs> Music Fox comes in a little later from oh, verse good. 4. I was really missing that. Sometimes I don't speak right, but did I know what I was talking about? Uh Music Fox says here, Steve, the <laughs> the singer and not the writer, not the writer of the writer song. Of the song. <laughs> here, Steve, who I'm on first name basis with. Steve is saying that he knows sometimes his mouth opens and the wrong wrong things come out but he admits that he was in the wrong so don't hold a grudge against him because of it he doesn't i guess he sort of does saying sometimes i don't speak right Uh. and then and then this is i think probably the most problematic annotation from music fox the lyric is i know you're working for the cia they wouldn't have you in the mafia here steve compares this person's deception to the cia and the mafia uh, he cheats and says, Mafi, Mafia. Yeah. Steve might be saying that he knows this woman is cheating on him with another man, the other man not knowing about her relationship with Steve. So Steve could be saying that the other man wouldn't be too happy if he found out she was dating Steve. However, unlike the other man, Steve is willing to forgive her just so that they can be friends. Is I was what under the impression that the song actually was about the mafia, uh, the CIA. Yeah. And... <laughs> The mafia, yeah, because like those are extremely pointed, critical lyrics. Like essentially saying the mafia is nope. equivalent. It's to about the love. C- it's about breakups. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Not <Cheating>. about issues. <laughs> oh my god. Ah oh, shit. Very stupid. Um, I've got uh, a few um, song meanings on the song uh, "The Fawns." Which I don't think we listened to, but here's a little sample of it. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's basically a song about how cool this guy is that he knows. Um it ends in a very strange way where they both kill themselves and they go up into heaven. And the guy who is called the Fonz is, uh, everyone celebrates that he's in heaven, but no one, everyone ignores the speaker of the song, which is a very weird way for this to end. Um, don't you know where in the army now writes, first of all, smash mouth did not just make up some character. The Fonz, the Fonz (laughs) is really a character from the seventies show. Happy days. And they probably watched it growing up. The Fonz was the height of cool at the time, so by using the name Fonz in the song shows that the character in the song was much cooler than the singer. In the song, Fonz dies. In the show, Fonz does not commit suicide because he's having too good of a time greasing his hair, driving his motorcycle, fixing cars, and picking up chicks. (laughs) Those are the only things keeping him from suicide in that order. (laughs) Greasing his hair, driving his motorcycle, fixing cars, picking up chicks. (laughs) Uh... Uh-huh. Um, and then... I am one motorcycle <laughs> right away from... <laughs> just offing myself. Ending it all. Yeah. <laughs> um, Grimscythe24... Grease my chicks. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> Grimscythe24 writes, And yet, to popular one, was still more popular because he committed suicide. Kind of ironic and depressing at the same time. And then a, a, a slanty mouth face. Mm. <laughs> 
he was wait was he really more popular because he committed suicide i don't know about that yeah i think that is (laughs) not the best reading yep (laughs) uh Kiwi Wiki Wiki Kiwi writes, I call my sister the Fonz all the time. She doesn't get it, though. <laughs> Great. Thanks for sharing. Um, She's just a baby. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid baby doesn't even understand. References. <laughs> um, and now I have some reviews from the Amazon. Lulu Lu on August 18th, 2000 writes, two words, unbearable trash, one star. This CD is by far the worst CD I have ever heard. Not one song besides the hit single Walking on the Sun is bearable. I hope and pray Smash Mouth disappear from music before they can flood the market with any more trash. In a few years... Did you write this? (laughs) Yeah, I wrote this uh, when I was, what, 16 years old. In a few years, I expect to find the CD overflowing in used bins in CD stores everywhere. I urge everyone to go buy a sandwich instead and leave the CD right where it is. Do the right thing. Yeah, do the right thing. <laughs> buy, buy a sandwich. Spike Lee. Um, That's what that movie is about. Yep, it's exactly. Um, let's see. There's a bunch more just like really excoriating reviews. Um, Absolute Junk by Tiger Dag. Or sorry, that's the first uh, sentence. The title is Mishmash of Noise by Tiger Dag in 2003. Absolute Junk. This could have been a good album if more songs like Walking on the Sun were on it. Some of the intros are great until the actual songs start, like Padrino, for example, and then they unleash a barrel of noisy, monotonous junk that's supposed to be music but bears little resemblance. Don't waste your money on this one. <laughs> I hate I hate when people say that something isn't music. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it really bothers me. <laughs> well to be fair they they say that it bears little resemblance to music so it's not like they're saying it's non-music right i don't know splitting hairs yep okay well my hair is out <laughs> uh-huh uh, thank god that's over with um yeah i guess next week we'll talk about astro lounge and hopefully it's a lot better we'll see yep in the meantime, you can visit us online at boxset.website, email us at email at boxset.website, tweet us at Tobias Podcast. Uh, you can write us a review on iTunes. Um, you could leave us a hilarious one-star review talking about how it's supposed to be talking, but it bears little resemblance. Um, but please don't do that. Give us a good review instead, because you could totally sink us. So I hope that makes you feel big, like a big person. Do you like, know um, John Gabris? Uh, um, yeah, improv actor. I know of him. I don't know if I've. He's at any he's a he's a, like an absurd. I think he's an absurdly talented improv actor uh-huh. who basically doesn't do characters, but he's really really funny and clever. Uh, mm-hmm. And he's on a lot of comedy Bang Bang and stuff. But he has his own uh, podcast. Uh, I for, I forget what it's called. It's on the Headgum Network. And um, this is a Headgum podcast. He, yeah, <laughs> British. Uh, but he has a thing on there on on there where if someone leaves him a five-star review um but insults him and just like roasts him in the review then he'll read it (laughs) (laughs) and people are so merciless mercilessly mean to him (laughs) and they just say like the meanest like most incisive things about him and then say five stars (laughs) (laughs) i actually like that sounds pretty good Yeah, it's pretty good oh man um 
Yeah, so leave us a review. If you want to support us directly, you can go to support.boxset.website. With uh, a little bit of uh, money, just as low as $2 a month, you get access to all of our bonus shows. So if you don't spend enough time with us every week, you can hear our weekly mini show called What's in the Box Weekly. And what was in the box uh, this week? Uh, I talked about practicing a musical instrument yeah as the thing that i'm enthusiastic about and i wanted to talk about yeah and i give a give a little uh, helpful hints for people who might be interested in uh um uh either learning how to play something or getting to the next level on their musical instrument yeah helpful tips it's worth the price of admission alone yeah and i talked about a uh an internet novella called the left right game which was uh, born out of the No Sleep subreddit. Yeah. Which I I think really that was like. probably one of our best uh, What's in the Box episodes, just because we weren't just talking about whatever shit was on Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> which I, mean, I think we also have good takes on. Yeah. It's still worth it to yeah, listen yeah. to the rest of them. Yeah. Um, uh, in addition to that bonus weekly show, we'll also be releasing longer bonus shows. We have a few of them out already. What, like five or six maybe? Um, and we will also, uh, we're planning on recording tomorrow, um, recording three days in a row, lifting the curtain a little bit. We're going to talk about the Mamma Mia movie musical from ABBA. Yeah. Yeah. So I can't wait. It's just as a little, a little send off to ABBA. Yeah. A little, uh, requiem. Yeah. Yeah. You can also listen to Cameron's other, I got my bottle of wine. (laughs) Ooh, that's very appropriate. Um, I'll be recording in the morning, so I probably won't be drinking that much wine, but yeah. we'll see how it goes. I mean, yeah. yeah. Um, you can also listen to Cameron's other podcast, which is called Get Up in the Cool, and is all about old-time music, interviewing It is, and it is about old-time music. Yes. Yeah. It's very all, meta. All um, non-pre-recorded music, so it's just like a constant stream of new performances of traditional music. Yeah. So. It's good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So... Until next week, I've been Nathan Hunt, and my handkerchief is soaked with something. Uh, and I've been Cameron DeWitt, and uh, I just want to tell you that porn is viewed by many people today. <laughs> I'm Nathan Hunt, and I got my beer headphones on. Yeah. I'm Cameron DeWitt, and I like to be folded dung-wise. <laughs> oh. <laughs> What was I saying? Oh yeah, it's a jingoism. <laughs> it's a jingoism. It's one of it's one of the many jingoisms in, <laughs> in Australia. No, it's actually the only one I know of. Uh, but basically, if if you say something's true blue, it means that it's like fundamentally and quintessentially Australian. Oh, that does sound pretty jingoistic. Um, but it doesn't. But it's it's not necessarily about anything like very problematic you know so it's Mm -hmm. like for for instance if someone uh will be an example of true blue um someone barbecuing (laughs) a kangaroo uh yeah put put another uh put another roux on the barbie there you go um i actually did have barbecued kangaroo a few times i hear that people are like kind of encouraged to eat kangaroos because there are so goddamn many there's like twice as many kangaroos as people in australia it was pretty good both times I had it. I had kangaroo steak. I had like a kangaroo sausage, uh, which they call well, not sausage. It was a um, like a patty. It was like a mince. 
uh-huh. kangaroo mints. And I had, um, what was the other thing I had? Uh, oh, I had just like a, a, king, a Masaman curry a couple nights ago that was made out of oh. kangaroo chunks. Uh-huh. And it was really good. It's sort of like, it kind of reminded me of venison or a goat, kind mm-hmm. of, you know? Just like, uh, I know this means nothing to you because you hate eating meat and talking about it. Well, <laughs> but, whatever. Yeah. Anyway, um, so true blue would be like uh, if someone like recited some bush poetry or something. Oh, they have a lot of poems about Bush? Yeah. Wait, what kind of Bush? President shearing Bush? Or... Sh- shearing sheep. <laughs> oh, I know what that means. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's it's pretty uh, pretty sexy when they have the uh, Bush Outback, you know. <laughs> You're into the that? Bush, the Bush Outback. <laughs> those, are two, those are two different places. <laughs> there could be Bush back there. I mean, I got a little bit. How about you? Uh, no rules, just right. <laughs> you been eating any blooming onions? Um, no, I haven't had any. So people don't know about the Outback Steakhouse mm. here. That's hilarious. Yeah, they know about. Obviously, they know about um, uh, Crocodile Dundee. But yeah, that ain't a chain restaurant. This is a chain restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> I think fast casual. This is fast casual. <laughs> <laughs> what a weird, what a weird title for or a, a name for that genre of restaurant. Fast casual, as if fast food itself is not casual. Uh, you know what? I don't know if Outback technically. I think more like Baja Fresh or Chipotle would be fast casual. But still, like that seems a little bit of a step up above fast food, as if fast food right. were not casual. Right. <laughs> Outback. Fast formal. Steakhouse. Fast formal. <laughs> There's a dress quick code. They'll stop you at the door and, and loan you a jacket. Hey. Yeah, Wikipedia just says it's uh, Outback the ladies, casual dining. The ladies' decolletage is <laughs> inappropriate for our... <laughs> Sir, we have standards. <laughs> mm. Sorry, I'm trying to get rid of these sniffles. Ah, and you're rubbing balloons again. Um, I am. Oh, wait, am I? You can just hear a it? little bit. No, <laughs> just like uh, just I don't think it'll probably come through in the mic too bad. Yeah. Uh, well, enough shitting on Australia. Should we, and should we talk about what's in the box? Yeah, let's talk about what's in the box. 